mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, Things to Consider. His scripture text will be taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 3, Matthew, chapter 6, verses 28 and 29, and Luke, chapter 12, verse 24. Here now, Pastor Moody. Isaiah, chapter 1, verse number 3. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass or the donkey his master's crib, but Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider, or my people are not considerate, is what that means. They're not a considering people. Then I want you to look at Matthew chapter 6. You don't have to turn to these places. I can just read them to you. Jesus said in verse 28, Why take you thought for raiment? Why be considered worried about clothing is what it means. And then he says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Let me read verse 29 as well. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not dressed or arrayed like one of these. Consider the lilies. Then when you look in Luke chapter 12, in verse number 24, Jesus is speaking. This is Luke's rendering. And he says, consider the ravens. Now, this is unusual. Jesus said in Matthew, behold the sparrows. But Luke says, consider the ravens. Ravens are considered unclean birds. And he said, I want you to consider the ravens. For they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses nor a barn. And God feeds them. How much more are you better than the fowls? How much better are you than the fowls? I want you to notice Isaiah said, my people don't consider. They're not considerate. Jesus said, consider. Think about the lilies, the beauty of them, how they clothe the field. Then he said, consider even the unclean things that God makes provision for them, to feed them, the ravens. And I want to preach just for a little while tonight on things to consider, things that we ought to consider. Now, Webster defines considering something as taking thought carefully and thoroughly, or to consider it carefully and thoroughly, to take thought of it. And when I started thinking about this, I just for a little information, the Bible uses this word 84 times. Consider. Take careful, thorough thought about something. There are some things that we as Christians should consider often. Because if we don't, we will lose sight of the greatness of God. 
uh, I heard a preacher preaching the other day, and he said sometimes preaching is steeped in redundancy. In other words, it's redundant that we keep saying the same things over and over again. And yet, it's essential because there are things that God wants us to stay focused on. He never wants us to lose sight of. Can you say amen? Paul said, there's one thing I do. I forget those things that are behind me, and I press forward to to the mark. Amen. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And he said, I walk circumspectly. Not as a fool. I redeem the time. Circumspectly means I'm cautious of what's and aware of my surroundings, but I'm staying focused on one thing. Jesus said, the eye is the light of the body and the light of the soul. And he said, if the eye is single, in other words, if there's singleness of vision, if we carefully, thoughtfully consider what God has set before us, it'll keep us strong. It'll keep us on track. How many of you say Amen. Anybody like me have a tendency to get off track sometimes? If you get off track, you get derailed. If you get derailed, it's a major catastrophe, can you say amen? And so there's a danger of being inconsiderate. And uh, the ox knows his owner, the donkey knows his master's crib. But my people do not consider. I'm afraid that too often we don't take time to consider the very important characteristics of God, these characteristics that are revealed around us, the heavens and the creation declare His glory. How many say amen? His handiwork is affirmed and confirmed in the creative majesty that's around us. Hallelujah. And there are things all around us that we're confronted with every day that are designed to reveal more of to, of God around us and to us. And we should consider that there's a revelation, really, of God in every day of our lives where there's no vision, no revelation. The people perish. They cast off restraint. And it's easy to be like the person that said they couldn't see the forest for the trees. They were so enamored with one or two little things that they didn't stay focused on the, how great God is. You help me, I'll preach a little bit. By that, I mean sometimes it's easy to focus on issues and problems, whether it's, like Carol said, a sickness. I love that illustration she gave. I, I named my cows and had to quit because I couldn't eat them. Amen. I, I, I couldn't you know, do what they were meant there for. If we're not careful, we'll stay so focused on a problem that it becomes paramount in our life instead of God. Is that all right? It's easy to stay focused on an ailment, on a problem, on a sickness, or on a financial struggle, or a business problem, or on the positive side, an ambition, a goal that I may have set for myself. Sometimes I have to check myself because if I've set goals and I can't attain them, after a while I have to begin to wonder maybe if this is out of the will of God for my life. And maybe I should stay more focused on Him because He's what's important anyway. Things to consider. Can you say amen? And so when Isaiah began to speak, he was given, he had a vision. And the Lord began to deal with him as a young man. And, and, I, and I want to tell you, he was a prophet for six chapters before he saw the Lord high and lifted up in chapter 7. 
And the prophecies of these first few chapters were not that powerful. They were almost consumed with the problems around him. But then he said, in the year Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and said, his train filled the, the temple. And when he spoke, he said, smoke filled the place and the post of the door shook. Are you hearing me? And he said, woe is me, for I'm undone and I'm living in the midst of unclean people. I've got unclean lips. And then the angel took the tongs and took the hot coal off the fire of the altar of God and touched his lips with Holy Ghost fire. And after that, he became the great prophet, the great messianic prophet that would reveal Christ and say such things that behold a virgin will conceive and bring forth a son and call his name Emmanuel, Isaiah the prophet, he would prophesy more about the Messiah in his book than all the other prophets together. And so I started looking around saying that God wants us to realize that when we consider the things around us, it reveals more of God. Paul the apostle had this, this line of thought as well. And when you start reading in Romans, Roman is, Romans to me is like the Magna Carta of the Gospels, uh, of the New Testament, uh, of, the, of the Gospel message. And in Romans 1 and 20, Paul said, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power. In other words, when I see what's made around me, it reminds me of the things of God, the things about Him, amen, from the creation of the world. They're clearly seen and they, they make me to understand more about His power, about His Godhead, hallelujah, so that they are without excuse. Nobody can give an excuse. I didn't know. I didn't know any better. I didn't know there was a God. I didn't know, amen, that, that I needed Him, hallelujah. Uh, come on, somebody. This gospel is real. The Word of God is alive, and what God has said changes things. The creation in the beginning, amen, God created the heaven and earth, and the earth was void and without form, and darkness was on the face of the deep. But when God began to speak, He said, let there be light, and suddenly darkness had to flee, and light exploded into the creation. Suddenly, there was a firmament that came up out of the water, Water, and he called it dry land and he separated the heavens are you with me and then God after all of that created a man hallelujah and placed him on the planet what are you saying preacher I'm here to tell you we need to consider the things of God how powerful they really are if I believe he's a creating God if I believe he's a healing God if I believe he's a delivering God then no matter what comes at me no matter where I find myself, what I'm standing in, I know there's a God that sits on the throne, that rules in the earth, that saves to the uttermost, that heals, that baptizes in the Holy Ghost. Give him praise if you would. Glory. Oh, yeah. Psalm 19 and 1 said the heavens. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Whoa, somebody ought to shout right there. The heavens declare the glory of God and the earth shows, the firmament shows his handiwork. Hallelujah. When I started to think it's impossible 
to be wise. It's impossible to even think of being intelligent without taking time to consider those things which God has set before us. Amen. For his or for our consideration. Are you with me? I think that our thoughts ought to be spiritual thoughts. Oh, hallelujah. I think that every day we ought to look for God in every circumstance. Can I help you just a little bit tonight? I want to tell you those that live righteous, the Bible said and godly, shall suffer persecution. There's going to be attacks physically, Brother Ray. There's going to be attacks financially. There's going to be attacks spiritually. You're going to break your hand. Things are going to happen. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? But if you let it, it will depress you. It will oppress you. It'll pull you down. That's why so many turn to drugs and alcohol and other things to try to prop up their life. But I've come to tell you that everything that happens to man, there's nothing new in the earth. There's nothing here that hasn't been already. And there's nothing you'll ever be tempted with, tried with, tested with, that if you won't just take a moment and look around, you'll see the hand of God reaching out to you. Come on, somebody. He's if there's a sickness, he's a healer. If there's a battle, he's the victory. If there's a problem, he's the solution. If there's a question, he's the answer. Oh, come on, we just need to remember to consider the handiwork of God in everything around us. Give him praise if you would. Hallelujah. Whoa, glory, glory, glory. It's so easy to get focused on the problem that we overlook the solution. Try and look at somebody and say, God can. Hallelujah. I dare you. Look at them and say, God will. Now look at them and say, God is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He did, he does, and he always will. And he is. Can you say amen? So I started to look at these things. And when you need to consider those who God puts in our lives to speak into our lives, How many have had somebody speak into your life with the word of God or or, or just with a good testimony? Hallelujah. I I want to tell you sometimes, you know, I've told you all for years, my heroes are preachers. And I love preachers. But I want to tell you there's been other times, many times in my life, that God would just send somebody my way with a testimony. God would just send somebody my way with just a good godly demeanor, with a good spirit. Are you? How many of those ever you just need to rub up against somebody with a good spirit? Hallelujah. Woo, I'll preach right there a while. Some people just sort of pull you down, amen? But sometimes there's people that when you get, they get around you. And Tommy, they may not have to say nothing. It's just their laugh. It's their smile. It's their, their joy. You know it comes from the well of salvation. And when they get around you, it uplifts you. Have you ever met anybody? I feel something here tonight. Have you ever met anybody? I just like to be around them because they, They they seem to carry some kind of good spirit that encourages me. Hallelujah. Well, God puts people in our lives like that to speak into our lives many times by the word, but also by, by their example and by their experience. Glory. Can I tell you something right now? Oh, I feel like saying this. It doesn't matter how great you get in God. There's somebody somewhere that's got a better experience than you do. Mm, I've met 
Christians and preach, preachers are the worst. I've, I've met preachers that thought they were all that in a bag of chips. Hey, are you hearing me? They, they thought, man, without me, you can't have a meeting. Without me, you can't get anything done. And I've seen them walk to the pulpit with their chest stuck out and their head held high like they were all everything we needed. And I've seen them same ones walk off with their head dropped and their tail tucked. Amen. Because they went up proud and they came down broke. I, I learned a long time ago, if you go up broke, you'll probably come down proud. Oh, hallelujah. If you go up humble, uh, what are you saying all this for? I'm just here to tell you tonight that no matter where you are, what you're going through, there's somebody that's been where you've been. There's somebody that's walking in the victory that you're looking for. Hallelujah. There's somebody that's already reached the level of anointing that you're fighting and clawing and trying to get to. We just need to take time to consider not only the creation and the handiwork and everything that's going around us, but consider that God has a people. Glory to God. They're going to be a blessing to you. Give him praise if you would. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy, Timothy chapter 2 and verse 7, he said, consider what I say and the Lord give the understanding in all things. If you'll take time to, to listen to what I'm saying, maybe God will open some understanding in your life. I can tell you, take you back through history and point to specific times when men and women of God have said things in my hearing, sometimes not even talking to me, but talking to somebody else or preaching a sermon, and they said something that opened up some understanding in my mind. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It brought a revelation to my spirit. Hallelujah. And so all of a sudden, Paul's telling Timothy, I want you to consider what I say and the Lord give the understanding all things. Here are some things that God has said for us to consider. The wonders, listen, of God's creation as I've Talked about just a moment ago. Psalm 8 and 1 said, uh, said, Oh Lord, how great is thy name in all the earth who has set your glory in the heavens. Verse 3, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? In other words, it to me is overwhelming. And that's what the psalmist was saying, that the God that flung the stars from his fingertips, the God that spoke everything into creation, the God that made, the Bible said in John 1, he was in the beginning with God, and everything was made by him, by him being the word. And watch this, it said, and there was not anything made except he made it. Hallelujah. I remember a few years ago, that there was a thing that come on the news. They'd went to the depths of the ocean with some kind of exploratory device in one place so deep they'd never been able to get there before. And all of a sudden it's down there floating around and it's got a camera on it and they thought they were the only duck in the puddle. And suddenly they saw a light coming toward them. They didn't know what it was. And when it got closer, it was a fish and it had a little thing sticking up on its head and had a light built in to navigate through those dark waters. And they, they videoed it. They filmed it. They put it on TV. Brother Ray, they said, it's amazing. 
They, they tried to figure how many billions of years it took for that thing to develop. That flashlight on its head. Are you hearing me? I watched that and I chuckled. I said, let me tell you when that bad boy showed up. In the day that God said, let it be. And he created the fowls of the air and the fish of the sea. Somewhere in the depth of the ocean, so deep that it would take man 6,000 years to find a way to make a machine to get down there. There was that little fella swimming around with a flashlight on his head. I mean, he swam up to that and looked at that thing. And in his little fish mind, he probably blowed a couple of bubbles and said, Well, wonder what this is. Wonder where it came from. Are you anybody hearing what I'm telling you? I'm here to tell you when we consider, are you with me? This God that we serve is that God that was in the beginning that made everything and who am I that he's mindful of me I don't care what Dr. Dumbbell at the university says there's no such thing as evolution and Brother Darwin I apologize for my comment this morning about the devil and Charles Darwin having the same initials that was no way a reflection towards you are you hearing me Tommy said he's going to rub it in but I'm trying to put a little balm on the wound but I've come to tell you that God made everything. God created everything. There's never, there's nothing that ever surprised God. Are you hearing me? There was nothing that ever took God by surprise. Not, whoa, not one thing. That, I can tell you there's nothing in this world that God doesn't know about. And yet he takes time to come and reveal himself to us. Oh, give him praise if you would. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I hope this helps somebody tonight. Number two, let me say this. Not only the wonders of, of creation, and he said, consider the ravens, consider the lilies. Job 37 and 14 said, hearken unto this, O Job, one of his comforts said, and stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. I wonder, do you ever just take time to stand still and look around? Look up, go out on a starry night and look up. People are too busy complaining about how cold it is to just look up and enjoy. Are you here? I mean, do you ever just think how awesome it is for God to make everything happen, for there to be a storm, for it to rain? I mean, is there anybody in this room that can make it snow? <laughs> are you looking at me funny? What do you, I'm telling you, that's the God we serve. You ought to take time every now and then and just consider the wonders of God. I went to Florida one time with Orville Heisel. We'd, he'd went down there and had a meeting and broke out in revival. And there's a bunch of preachers that wanted to meet us and find out about our association. So we, we, we jumped a plane and flew down there. And we went went to a church and we met with a bunch of preachers. And I preached that night. And the next day we had kind of a free day before we had to fly in the day after. And we went down to the Seminole Park where the Seminole Indians are from. We down near the Everglades. And, and we rode on one of them air boats, you know, that glides around across the top of the swamp waters and, and there's a bunch of Japanese people there and we was waiting our turn to ride on the airboat and uh, we'd stand on the dock and that thing would pull up and the gate would open and we'd step on it and we had to walk out the dock and, 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 and I was just standing there just kind of waiting my time and, and I leaned on the rail and looked over and I saw that much of an alligator's head sticking out from under the dock and that wasn't all of it that's just that much of it laying right underneath our feet and I said wow so I walked over to the other side, and there was that tail way out yonder. And I said, check this bad boy out. And we stand right over top of him. He's waiting on lunch, and I know it. 
but I'm on to him. And there's a bunch of Japanese guys standing there waiting for that ride. And they was somewhere, yum, 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 you know, couldn't speak English. And, and I looked around, I said, excuse me. And they looked at me, I said, come here. And one of them said, I said, come here. And, and he walked over there with me and I said, look. <laughs> he looked down. And, and I don't know what he said, but it sounded so like, yum, <laughs> And suddenly there was a whole group of them over there. And I just stand back and say, Lord, I hope they don't get too close. <laughs> but I thought, what a wonderful creature. God made it. Can you say amen? And there we had a bird's eye view. And you might say, you're crazy. No, I just stand up thinking, what, how wonderful this God is. He can get our attention, and it doesn't matter if we don't even speak the same language. We know there's something powerful underneath our feet. And so when we consider the creation, we ought to take time to understand that the problems that are the result of life, if God started it, this whole issue of life, amen, Make sure your heart's right, for out of it are the issues of life, the Scripture said. What are you saying, preacher? I'm just trying to tell you that no matter where you find yourself, God is there if you'll look for Him in every situation. The second thing we ought to consider is this, and I'm, I'm going to hurry. We ought to consider what God has done for us. I look at all these young people, these children in the church. Listen to pastor just for a moment. Let me tell you children something. Every day you ought to lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what? Thank you, Jesus, that you're born in a Christian home. Thank you, Jesus, that you've got a family that loves you and cares enough to bring you to a place where the Word of God is preached and where there are caring people in ministry and youth ministry and Wednesday night programs and, and, and Sunday morning services and, and, and sanctuary services. There are people that, that care enough they want to get you in choirs and plays, not just because they want to impress somebody. They want you to experience the anointing. You hear I'm just waiting any day when they get this kid's choir up here and they get to singing for the power of God to fall on them and they shout the platform down. Hallelujah. It's real. Can you say amen? And, and we ought to be thankful and considerate of what God has done for us. If there's anything that irritates me, can I say this? It's an unthankful and inconsiderate child. I've seen them, I wanted to bust their backside. I'll just be honest with you. Because they were so snobbish and selfish and ungrateful. Y'all still love me? I'm preaching good. Because Paul equated being unthankful with being unholy. And if you're a young person who's never satisfied, you need to take an inventory of your spirit because you're dangerously close to the judgment of God. Hmm. Parents, we need to teach our children to appreciate the good things that they're blessed with. And... I hear kids sometimes, and I'm not down on kids, but I hear kids sometimes fussing about their circumstances, and I just like to load them up and take them to Honduras, to Catacomas. I love to take them to Zambia, where kids have never had a new pair of shoes on their feet, and live in a mud hut with a thatched roof, 
and never know what it means. Somebody gave him, was telling me one time that you know, when I go to these countries, I always take bags of candy for the kids. Well, I never take chocolate because most of the time it's so hot it'll melt before you give it to them. But one guy was telling me, I mean, it was Brother Hanson, so they went to Haiti and said they took some bags of Hershey Kisses and said he, you know, he'd heard me talk about giving that candy to kids on mission trips. And he said, I gave him a Hershey Kiss and said one of them tore it open, put it in his mouth and spit it out. And Jim said, he got the notion, every one of them spit it out. And I said, why did they do He said, oh, they hate chocolate over here. They just hate it. They just don't like it. It's just something in their nature. They just don't like it. Give them mint. Give them other candy. They're happy. And what's that got to do with The point that I'm trying to make is that we can go places, and, and there's always somebody that's unthankful and ungrateful about something. And I can show you people that their biggest concern is not what they're going to eat today, but is, am I going to eat today? Not what am I going to wear or or where am I going to get some new clothes? Because they've gave up on that. All they have is what's there. Are you hearing me? And so all of a sudden we need to be considerate of what God has done for us. First Samuel 12 and 24 said, Only fear the Lord and serve him with all your heart. For consider how great things he's done for you. Adam Clark in his commentary said, Consider how great things. Review the history of your fathers. Review your own life. See what interpositions of power and mercy, goodness and truth God has displayed in your behalf. He has daily loaded you with benefits. Are you hearing me? I mean, kids fuss wanting the latest iPhone. Are you with me? And there's a lot of kids around the world that don't even have food to eat. Let me go on. So when we consider the good that God has done, we should also consider the disappointment that the world offers. I want to tell you something, you grow up in church, and if you're not careful, you'll be pulled out into the world. And you hear this, Pastor, there is pleasure in sin for a season. But when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Always. It kills. It destroys. It wrecks lives. Can I get a witness? And Haggai 1 and 5, it said, Now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much, you bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there's none of you warm. And he that earns wages, who makes money, puts it in a bag that's got holes in it. What's that mean? If you don't consider God and his blessing, you'll never be able to hold on to anything. Because it just goes through your hands. And finally, the third thing I think we need to consider is this. What about the end? I know it's something we don't like to talk about, but we need to consider our latter end, our last days. What's going to happen to us when this is over? Deuteronomy 32 and 29 said, Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. One commentary said they would consider their latter end meant that they would properly understand the latter times, the glorious days of Messiah, who according to the flesh should spring up among them. Should they carefully consider this subject and receive the promised Savior, they should consequently act as persons under infinite obligations to God. His strength would be their shield. In other words, if they would just begin to understand that Christ came to save me, and if I give him my heart and live for him, one day this life is 
going to be over. And when it's over, I'll go to heaven. And I should never let anything pull me out of his hand. Because what would it profit you to gain the world and lose your soul? Are you hearing me? There are people in this world that have more money than we could ever imagine. But they live and speak as fools concerning their soul, concerning the things of God. Hebrews 10.25 said, listen, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. As Nick comes tonight, I want to say this. Most of us, in all things, God would have us to consider Christ. Think about Jesus. Think about salvation. Think about blessing. Think about favor. Think about healing. Consider what Jesus means to you now. You know, he is not just an insurance policy to get you to heaven. How many know that? How many knows he's more than a savior? He's Lord. He's in charge. He's our high priest. According to Hebrews 3 and 1, he said, Wherefore, brethren, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle, the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Verse 2, who was faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Insomuch as he who hath built the house has more honor than the house. And verse 6 says of Hebrews 3, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. In other words, in these last days, we need to consider this God, consider his favor, consider his blessings, consider what he's done, consider his power, consider his son, his saving son that saved us and realize he's more more than just our Savior. He's our high priest. He's our apostle. He's our representative to the Father and everything we could ever need. It's in the name of Jesus. Ask anything, he said, in my name, and I'll do it. Wow. Wow. That doesn't mean you go out and live like the devil and run around saying, in the name of Jesus, I want a new car. In the name of Jesus, I want a million dollars. What it means is when your life is hid in Christ and he is Lord and the apostle and the high priest and he's the one that represents you to God and God to you and you live with that kind of relationship, you can pray for anything and God will do it. He will do it. Are you with me? He always answers prayer. And I feel like tonight we need to consider him. And set our hearts on you. Lord, come and do. We hope you enjoyed today's message and we'll tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. 
Thanks for listening.